Greetings, brothers and sisters in the snow-covered Pacific Northwest. And hey, if you're joining in and you're from somewhere else in the United States, well, most of us have been slammed by storms. And in the Pacific Northwest especially so uh, right now. I'm glad you joined us. This is Valentine's Day 2014. Many of us can't be in our church buildings because of the snow or ice. So here we are, uh, listening online. Welcome anyone who's joining us. I'm thankful that uh, you are trying to learn something from God this morning. Let's go ahead and pray. God, thank you so much for listening to us. Um, here we are trying to do church in our homes. We're trying to get what we can from you. So, so we ask that you teach us. Lord, we're playing this message on devices. Some of us are playing on devices that, where others can hear that are in other parts of our homes. Some of them are just in another room or just across a little ways. Some, some who don't want to engage, but they can hear this prayer right now. They don't want to engage for various reasons. Maybe they're just busy, but some are disconnected from you. Maybe they've never been connected, but they need this message. Lord, some have been disconnected from you because they have been sinning. And there's some that are actually right here engaged in this prayer, and they've had some misbehaviors, and that's distanced them from you. And they need this message so they can get closer to you and, and stop the misbehaviors. Some that are disengaged in this message and are but are listening to this prayer right now, they're just struggling with life. They're struggling with all the COVID stuff or the work stuff or lack thereof or lack of money and health issues, financial issues or relationship issues and just everything. All the political stuff. It's getting to people. Lord, there are people that are listening to this prayer right now. They need this. I thank you that they're hearing this. And I ask that you would help them stay engaged. And there are those of us that are in this prayer right now that are very hungry to learn what you have to teach us. There are some of us like that that are going to get a little uncomfortable because sometimes your word is like that and it moves us to self-evaluate and to act better in a way that's more pleasing to you. Some of us are frustrated, Lord, because here, here like in Thurston County, we're supposed to move to phase two so that restaurants can be open uh, to 25% capacity. And some of these uh, the restaurants that have stayed closed during the pandemic Today, we're supposed to open to 25% capacity in many areas today, and yet here we are in a storm. You, you've, you've said, slow down, wait, hit the pause button on life for many of us, and many of us are stuck in our homes. 
Thank you for listening to us, Lord. We ask that you would give us something. Give us some direction. Give us some hope. In Jesus' name, amen. So it's Valentine's Day 2021 with lots of snow and ice all over the United States, especially in the Pacific Northwest. Snow is just everywhere. There were two old men in a hospital in this COVID pandemic time. They're older men. It's bad enough that they're older and in the hospital during this COVID time. Their health isn't good, that they wouldn't be in a hospital otherwise. And family can't visit them. No one can. Only the medical professionals. So they're very alone. But they're in the same hospital room. The man in the middle doesn't have very good hearing at all. The man by the window... Uh, has better hearing, but uh, the man in the middle is very jealous that the man on the edge can see out the window. Now he, the man in the middle, can see that there's a tall building there anyway, so the view's not great. But he wants to be by the window, so he, at least he can have some view. But another man's there, so he can't. So he's jealous. But he's encouraged when he learns that the other man also claims a Christian faith. So that's good. You know that feeling. It feels good. And he asked the man by the window, can you see out the window? Yes, I can see out the window. Could you see great views? Not really. No. He's still jealous. He wants to be able to see. So he says, would you mind? Could you describe to me what you see out the window? I think it would make my stay in here better. And the man got a little irritated, like, why do I want to do that? But then he thought, I'm a Christian. If it helps him, I'll, I'll accommodate. So he describes things that he knows will be encouraging for his elderly roommate that is just elderly is like him. He, he, so he says, hey, you know, I, I see, you know what I see? I, I can't believe it. I see um, a green 1964 Chevrolet pickup. It's a step side, you know, the kind that has the tire mounted on the driver's side right behind the cab. Except the, the tire is, is not there on this one. And I can see in the bed, I can actually tell that the bed's in fairly decent shape. It doesn't look like it's rotted that much. It's smoking a little bit as he starts up at each traffic light. But there it is, 1964 green Chevrolet pickup with those chains on the back that hook into the to the tailgate to hold it up. Yeah, very nostalgic. And the man in the middle smiles as he stares up at the ceiling, imagining in his own mind. He is elated at the thought of seeing one of those old 64 Chevrolet pickups. Brings back memories. <laughs> he loves it, loves it. And days continue to go like this, you know, another day. Uh, you know, I see a woman, she's, she's got a stroller and an umbrella. And she's pushing her child. It's, it's, got, it's a little raining out there, but she's got that umbrella and she's pushing her child. They're going somewhere. Don't know where. I can't see the woman's face. But he describes everything vividly so the man can, in the middle, just smile so big and is so elated. Oh, I love that. What it's like on the outside. And instead of thanking God for his neighbor that's describing these things so 
descriptively. He begins to pray that that man die first so he can be by the window and see for himself. <clears throat> In Luke chapter 10, there is a, there's a parable that's told that's told nowhere else in the Bible. None of the other Gospels tell this parable. But Luke does. And it comes on the heels of Jesus sending out the 72 with great manifestations of the Spirit of God. And they come back and they give a report that they were, even the demons listened to them. Oh, they're so excited about it. And Jesus says, hey, hey, don't rejoice in that. Rejoice in the fact that your names are written in heaven. You see, because God is the one that empowers people with these supernatural manifestations, and God is the one who determines who is in heaven, your eternal destiny. Rejoice in God's gifts, not in what you can do because of the power of God. Rejoice in His gifts. And then He turns to His disciples and He says, Privately, this is Luke chapter 10, verse 23. Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings desired to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Verse 25, And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Now imagine this crowd of people. Jesus got their attention. He talks about heaven. And the lawyer knows that Jesus is not going to give supernatural manifestations to everyone. So what must I do as he tries to trap Jesus? What must I do to go to heaven? Do we inherit eternal life? And Jesus so wisely responds. And I imagine the lawyer in the back of the room is trying to put Jesus in the spot in the center or the front of the room, he said to him, what's written in the law? How do you read it? In other words, you're the lawyer. You tell me what the law says. He answers with a question, forcing the lawyer to answer his own question. So the lawyer in verse 27 says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And what the lawyer did is he knows the law. See, he pulls right out of Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 and 5. There's an allusion in Deuteronomy eleven thirteen, or a repeat of the same kind of thing. And he also pulls out of Numbers nineteen eighteen to come up with, essentially, love God with everything you've got and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus responds in verse 28, You've answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. So in other words, good job, good answer. Do that. Okay. What must I do to inherit eternal life? You tell me. You're the lawyer. Love God and love others. Good answer. Do that. Jesus pointing out the lawyer already knew what he's supposed to be doing. But even more so now. Watch this. But he, desiring to justify himself, the lawyer, smugly says to Jesus, 
who is my neighbor? And just who is my neighbor? As he looks around the crowd like he's got Jesus. Jesus replied. Now notice Jesus didn't say, I have a story to tell you. But imagine Jesus is now taking a seat. And he begins, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, which means this is a Jewish man, just like the lawyer. He's one of his own. He's gone up to take care of his duties at the temple. He's going to present his offerings and his tithes. He's going to do his religious duties and he's returning. He fell among robbers. Now there's many modern preachers who have traveled this road and they believe it today to still be a dangerous road where you could be jumped. And that's the way they describe it. And here's this man who was jumped. They knew he was going to give his tithes and offerings and he's returning, so he probably has money. They rob him. And it says they strip him, they beat him, and departed, leaving him half dead, which means they left him to die. Now by chance... A priest, this is verse 31, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And you understand that's, that's a natural response. Here's a road where it's very dangerous. And here's a victim on the road who has been robbed and left to die. Now, when I have visited in the Dominican Republic to help with mission work, now understand, understand what that means. I go to visit to help with a mission. This mission is an ongoing mission that goes that, that goes far and wide, is a fantastic mission. I'd love to tell you more about it. They are very hardworking people, diligent, stay at it from morning till night and beyond. They, they are dedicated, long-time missionary friends. And when I go there, I am visiting, short-term mission, and I am helping. Yeah, well, I'm not helping much. I'm more in the way than I am out of the way. They are hosting me. They are pampering me and treating me like a celebrity. They are keeping me from doing really the kind of labor they're used to doing, which is clear. They have me teach, which supports their ministry there. And, and I'm treated so very, very well. And I don't do very much. And I get a little bit of credit. But they are the servants. They're the boots on the ground doing the work on a daily basis. I, I'm not helping much. I get more out of it than any of them. I drain them, I'm sure, but I enjoy it, and I, and I hope I have a positive um, impact while I'm there. But they told me very clearly that if you see someone on the road there in that developing country that has been injured and even looks dead, you simply call it in to the local police station. Do not stop and help them because it's likely a trap. And that's what this priest is probably thinking on this road between Jericho and Jerusalem. If he stops to help, he could get beaten as well and left for dead. So this priest, this priest, you know who the priest is in relationship to this Jewish person who is going to pay his tithes and offerings and do his religious duties, this priest is the one who, the only way for him to make his living, because he's a priest, he depends on the tithes and offerings from the loyal people of God, like this one on the road. This one on the road provides tithes and offerings. It puts food on the table for the priests. And the priest walks on by 
leaving this man to die. Verse 32, so likewise, Jesus continues in the story. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him pass by on the other side. Who's a Levite? A Levite's just like the lawyer. One of his own. Knows the law. Loves God, supposedly. But he sees a, a Jewish brother on the side of the road who has been robbed and beaten and left for dead. And he doesn't do anything to help passes by on the other side. Doesn't want to get jumped himself. Doesn't want to risk his own life. Doesn't want to sacrifice time. He's got things to do, people to see, you know. Maybe maybe, maybe the priest and the Levite prayed, you know. You know, like a, a person stranded on the side of the road, you know. person who needs help. You know, I, I, I got to get to work. I've I got things to do. I got to get home. I'm going, to, I'm going somewhere. I'll pray that somebody stops and helps. I don't know if they prayed, but what I do know is they didn't stop and help. But then along comes the Samaritan. He came to where the man was there lying and dying. And when he saw him, he had compassion. Verse 33, verse 34, and following, he went to him, risking his own life, you understand, bound up his wounds, so he cared for him medically, pouring on oil and wine, taking care of those wounds. Then he set him on his animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii, so he stayed overnight to care for this individual, took out two days' wages, that's what two denarii is, and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. He became indebted to... He, he, became, he put himself in a position where he would pay whatever debts are owed when, if this innkeeper has to spend more money on this man. He didn't know him from anything. But he sacrificed his time, his energy, he risked his own life, and sacrificed his own money care for him. And Jesus then asked the lawyer, I'm sure, just imagine he looks straight at him across the room with everybody watching. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? And the lawyer said, like it's easy, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, yeah, you go and do likewise. <laughs> you see how it plays out. What must I do to inherit the eternal kingdom, eternal life? You're the lawyer. You tell me. I love God and love others. Good answer. Do that. Well, well who, who is my neighbor? Let me tell you a story. There's a couple of guys pass by, a guy that's half dead on the road, and, and uh, one stops and... Show some real love, some mercy and love. Which one's the neighbor? Well, the one who showed mercy. Yeah, okay. Love that one. And that seems on the surface so easy, doesn't it? Love the one who sacrifices for you time, energy, money, and risk their own life. Love that one. 
doesn't say to love the ones that pass you on by and treat you as if you're nothing. You're worth leaving dead. Love the one that shows you mercy. That's easy. As soon as it flew out of the lawyer's mouth. You know, you know. here's Mark doesn't talk. None of the other Gospels talk about this uh, parable. But Mark gives the context in which it was said. And after it was given, it says that no one dared ask Jesus any more questions. After that, dumbfounded everyone, especially that lawyer. Because as soon as it flew out of his mouth, when the lawyer said, you know, the one who showed mercy, and Jesus said, okay, go do that. In other words, there's your neighbor, the Samaritan. I don't know if you know this, but Samaritans, Jews judged the Samaritans as half-breeds, worthless, contaminants of the world. That's the way they saw them. I'm not joking. They despised, they hated Samaritans. And yet Jesus got this lawyer to say who he's supposed to love. The people you hate the most. People you can't stand. The people that get on your nerves. You just admitted that's who you're supposed to love. And that is the story of the Good Samaritan. It's for the snow day message. Slow down, rest, and be productive. <laughs> yeah, we all thought we were going to go out and do stuff. And then God says, slow down, rest. Some of us. We uh, rejoice when we see stories of Jesus who um, was working on the Sabbath. And we get this idea, hey, you don't, have to, you don't have to use every Sabbath to rest. Well, Jesus took a lot of time resting. I don't know if you noticed that. And Mark, uh, you'll see Jesus retreating a lot and resting. Jesus rested well. God didn't have to rest after he created the world. But he showed us an example that because we need to rest. You understand, the Sabbath is Saturday. That was established as the day of rest. But the principle of the rest is explained in Hebrews. If you want to enter that final rest, you've got to understand how to rest on earth. The principle of the rest is, is you're supposed to rest. You'll get burnt out if you don't. You can't just keep going, going, going all the time. You have to rest sometimes. It's a good idea. Slow down. Rest. God's given us these storms, and we're stuck in our homes. And if you're not good at slowing down and resting... Do it. I'm sure you've seen on the television or heard the stories of people who don't know how to slow down when the storms of life come and they just speed through these roads with ice and snow and end up in ditches and accidents and even deaths. Slow down. Rest. Some of us are okay with resting. We're good at it. That's fine. And here we are resting right now but be productive which would do us all well to remember first and second thessalonians it reminds us not to have a lot of idle time when you're resting use your time wisely resting should not include constant perpetual playing of video games 
who in their right mind thinks that's actually good for you. And similarly, while we're being judgmental of others, <laughs> is it good for us to be constantly perusing social media, other places on the internet, just wandering aimlessly, pouring our heads with things that trouble us so much? Or, or is it that healthy to keep it on news channels that disturb us and drive us insane? Is that really that healthy? Or binge watching on a regular basis, whatever it is we binge watch. Slow down, rest, and be productive. And let's let's look at some things we learned from this text we just exposed. Express steadfast Christian love. Love God and love others with tenacity. I use this phrase, express steadfast Christian love, steadfast Christian love, because the Bible, it's very common today to talk about unconditional love. Well, that, that was made up by man, and someday maybe we'll get to talk about that and flesh it out a little bit, peel it back. But biblically, you'll see, if you read the Bible much, you'll see the phrase steadfast love, a description of God's love for us and the kind of love he wants us to have for others. So I say... Express steadfast Christian love. Love God and love others with tenacity. Love God with tenacity first. Show Him you love Him by your active faith. Like James 2. You've got to demonstrate your faith or it's not faith. Faithfulness to His Word, which would be doctrine and will. Learn His Word. Know what it teaches. Know what He wants you to do and faith which is demonstrated in all our one another activities. You cannot be a Christian and not be around other people. You have to engage with other people if you're going to live a Christian life. You cannot fulfill the one another passages without doing so. Our story also teaches us to love others with tenacity. Not just love God with tenacity, but love others with tenacity. And one of the ways we love God is by doing this. I have a question for you. Who are your Samaritans? People that get under your skin just with the thought of them. Some of them are right there in the room as you listen to this. Some of them, they come to mind when I ask the question. And some of you know that some of the people that get under your skin, they can't even help what they're going through. But you still let it get under your skin. And it's understandable. But love them with tenacity. Who are the people you judge the most? Who are the people that you think you're prejudiced toward the most? Who are the people that you can't stand, the mean people? The people you've unfriended, the people that don't agree with your politics, or the people that have aligned themselves with others you just can't believe. Who are your Samaritans? Love them with tenacity. That doesn't mean in your head you just say, or your prayer, you know, you just say, God, I, I do love them. I, I, I do. I, I really do. That doesn't solve anything. Love them with tenacity. 
the, the Samaritan didn't just walk by and pray and say, okay, I, I, I love that Jew. I'll pray for them. I, I do. The Samaritan risked his life, risked his health, binding up the wounds. He had places to go and things to do, but he took time out of his day and night and took care of someone he didn't even know, someone that couldn't stand him that wouldn't have helped him. If the shoe was on the other foot, the Jew wouldn't have helped him. But the Samaritan did. Helped a stranger that would typically be completely unkind. Could have left him to die, because that's how he would have been treated, but instead sacrificed, went out of his way, and showed mercy. Who are your Samaritans? Love them with tenacity. Who are your priests? The leaders amongst you that might not even set the best example. Might not appreciate the fact that they have your loyalty. Might just walk on by when they see you've got problems. Might not even call and check on you when they need to. Because maybe they don't even know you have an issue. Or maybe they're dealing with others with greater issues. Maybe they don't have enough time in a day to get to you. But whatever the case you sometimes notice your leaders, they've got flaws. Who are your priests? Love them with tenacity. They're your neighbors too. Who are your Levites, your brothers and sisters in Christ, or the people in your own family, co-workers, people at school, Neighbors, love your neighbor. In this snow day message that happens to fall on Valentine's Day 2021, as God tries to express His steadfast love to us by pulling us closer to Him and teaching us through His Word, will you love Him back? And will you do so in such a way that you're loving your neighbors, even the people that you struggle to love. Remember those two old men in the hospital? Mm -hmm. Well, things came to a climax. Another day, you know, the man in the middle, you could tell the man next to the window was not feeling very well, but he asked anyway, hey, hey. Now that the nurse has opened the window, can you can you tell me what you see? The old man next to the window was not feeling it. He was tired. His time was almost up. And he could tell. And here's this man next to him asking him for something else. But as a Christian, he self-evaluated and thought, you know, if it makes his day better, I can do this. So he looked out the window and he said, Oh my goodness, you're not going to believe what I see today. Tell me, tell me what do you see? It's a parade. What a parade? I haven't seen a parade in years. Oh, let me tell you what I see. I see inflatables flying in the air. And he described cartoon inflatables and superhero inflatables. And he described the people on the ground holding on to the ropes to keep the inflatables moving in the proper direction. 
as a light wind was blowing, and he described the the bands and the sounds he could barely hear through the window, but he described it very, very vividly for the man in the middle of the room. And he looked over and he saw the man staring up at the ceiling like he did so often, and he was smiling and he was elated, and his mouth was even partially open as he could barely take it all in, imagining what this what he was describing to him. He said, oh, it's a beautiful, I, I hope I get to see the Grand Marshal. I said, he should be coming around the corner right about, oh, I see the Grand Marshal. I see the Grand Marshal on his float. Oh my goodness, it's so fancy. And he described it in every way with all the multitude of colors and the shiny metal all around it. It's beautiful. What a day. And the confetti that was falling down where the parade was. And the man in the middle was so elated. He loved it. The man next to the window said, if you don't mind, I'm tired. I gotta, gotta close my eyes. Okay, okay. And as the day wrapped up, as normal, the nurses came in, closed the curtains, and the man in the middle, instead of thanking God for his neighbor who was so descriptive, he prayed that he would die. And, you know, his prayer was answered. That night, the Lord called the man by the window home, and they took him out in his bed to discreetly remove his body. And the man in the middle said to one of the nurses as they cleared the room, he said, hey, can I be moved by the window? Sure, sure you can, sure. He was so happy. And the next day when the nurse came in, he said, hey, can you open the window? Yeah, of course, I'm going to open the window like I always do. Okay, thank you, thank you. And the man, when the nurse left the room, the man put on his glasses and he pushed the controls on the bed to lean up as far as he could to look out the window. And lo and behold, what did he see? Walls of other high-rise buildings. There was no way he could see the street, which meant there was no way his neighbor ever saw the street. But his neighbor knew that it would make him happy and make his days better if he gave him something descriptive that he could imagine in his mind so he could have happiness. And now his neighbor was gone. And there was no one in the room who could describe those beautiful things. On this Valentine's Day, this snow day, 2021, do you sense that God loves you with steadfast love? Do you know that he wants you to love others, love him and love others with steadfast love? People of God, there's some people in your homes. Some of us have people in our homes that need to know God's love and you need to show them your love so they can see God's love coming out of you. Don't just say it, show it. There's some of us that need to make some phone calls, need to send some emails, shoot some messages. I challenge you today on this Valentine's Day, this snow day, 2021, reach out. Show God your steadfast love. Show a bunch of others your steadfast love.